When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Live from the Toad Hop Network studios in Hollywood. This, this is the ToadHopNetwork.com. It's a groovy way of relaxing. Radio worth watching. Radio worth watching. Hey, what's up, Geekscapers? Welcome to a brand new Geekscape episode. Uh, we are live at the Toad Hop Studios, and you guys are either watching it live on ToadHopNetwork.com or Geekscape.net. This is Geekscape. We're going to be talking movies, video games, and comic books. I like to have a guest, though. You know, it seems like the geeky thing to do to talk about that stuff by yourself. And for much of my life, I didn't have a choice but to celebrate those things by myself. But today, we have a uh, guest in the studio, Mark Weber. Hello. You guys may know him from... Scott Pilgrim versus the World, of course. You played Stephen Stills, mm, which yes. is like, I, I mean, I, I got to sell that to the geek audience because of that. You know what I mean? Like, they're going to know Scott Pilgrim. Totally. Yeah, you can't be a geek and not know about Scott Pilgrim. Some of those kids were like, oh, Snow Day, the Chevy Chase movie. <laughs> how, old are, how old are you? you did? Oh, man, I was, uh, I was 18. Uh-huh. I was 18. Yeah, that was like my, that was my second, no, that was my third film. That was uh-huh. my first lead in a major studio movie. Right. Yeah. What were the first two? You you never want to release that, do you? Damn well, you, IMDb. Uh, yeah. No, well, no. Edge City was my first <laughs> movie, which was a pretty good movie. It's my first. It was an independent film. Okay. Out of Philly. Um. Played a played a kid from the from the streets. <laughs> and then my first real movie was a movie called White Boys. Okay. Uh, Fox Searchlight put that out. Um. It was about these uh white kids who grew up in Iowa and wanted to be black. I think I saw White Boys. Yeah. Danny Hawk was in it. Dash. Uh. My Hawk was in mm-hmm. it. Slick Rick, Snoop Dogg. I totally saw White Boys. It's pretty good. And Dash Myhawk was in like uh, eight, like what was the 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 one with um, uh, the White Rapper movie? What was it? Uh, uh, he, he, Eight Dash, Mile. He was in Eight Mile, wasn't no. he? Wasn't he a buddy in Eight Mile? No, that was the uh, no, no, he wasn't. But eight you mile. know Dash Myhawk because he's been around forever. Like he's yes. one of those child actors who just like came up through a bunch of stuff. And you were White Boys, and when you were on this movie, you thought it was big time, didn't you? You were like big time. Oh yeah. White boys. Yes. Straight out of Philly. This is my arrival. No, this was the the biggest deal of my life. I mean, I, I actually, I stayed up the whole night before, um, practicing my audition, but also writing a rap. <laughs> I can never be an actor. And I can never be an actor for that reason. <laughs> and you got to do homework. You got yeah, you do. You got to do homework. But for me at that time, it was like I grew up listening to hip hop music. For me, I mean, I was freestyling with my friends. On you didn't a- have a choice because I've been to North Philly where you grew up. Yeah, and it just comes out of the windows. Oh, totally. What's the name of the neighborhood where you were in West Philly? Well, it, is it, up by Temple University. No, I was in North Philly. Okay, in the, in the Badlands. It's awful. Yeah. 
It's literally, yeah, it's called the Badlands. Okay. Or, yeah, it's very apropos. So you listen to hip hop. Yeah, I listen to hip hop and it was like I was freestyling, you know, rapping with my friends on a nightly basis. So it was, it wasn't that difficult to write a rap. Right. But I went in for this audition the next day and I, I blew it. I blew it. I, I was so nervous because I was on, I got the, the Greyhound bus up to New York and literally in my mind it was like, this is it. This right. is your one chance. Right. You need to get this. If you don't get this, you're never, you're, you're never going to be an actor. So I put all this pressure on myself. I was shaking. My eyes were twitching. I was, it was terrible. And I left and I was walking down the hallway and I went to the casting director and I said, you know what? I wrote a rap. I did so bad in there. I know I did so bad, but I wrote this rap. You got to let me go back in there and do this rap for these people. Thank God for that person. So you went back in and... And this woman, Kathleen Chopin, the casting director said, okay, go ahead. And, I wa and they were looking at me and they were like, so like... Why, the, why are you here? You're just what are you, Yeah, what are you doing back in here? And I'm like, guys, I wrote this rap for you. And I did this rap and I blew them away. I got the movie. Like you could not have gone back to Philly because people would have been like, dude, how, how'd it go? <laughs> da, 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 da. And you would have like, oh, was, whatever, man. I hated that stupid. That movie was, it would have sucked anyway. Yeah, exactly. You would have had to play it off. But now you're like, dude, that's like your defining moment right there. It was. And then from that movie, you, you keep going. I kept going. I, then I did, then I, I really switched it up. I did a teeny bopper movie called Drive Me Crazy. Uh, is that Melissa Joan Hart? What Melissa, is that? Melissa Joan Hart, yeah. Adrian Grenier. Uh-huh. Uh, his Where first... he kidnaps her or something like that? What is that? No, he... he. Uh, I I haven't seen it. He is the... Obviously. Not so, he's not the popular guy. Oh, he's not the popular yeah. guy. The one who looks like an underwear model isn't the popular guy. He's not... <laughs> okay. He's, yeah. You know who wasn't the popular guy? The fucker with the X-Men comics, all right? Look at me. I looked like Ray Romano in high school, all right? He's not popular. He's not attractive now. I looked like him in high school. Well, all right. Yes. Adrian Grenier is the unpopular person. Right. You should have called me for some fucking research, Adrian. <laughs> you know, um, I was getting pants in every fucking day. The teachers were kicking my ass. Yeah. You know, well, this, this, this was, you know, it was a Fox movie. It was a studio film. So yeah, this was their interpretation of right. the not popular. Make guy. them wear plaid. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, it, I think that's what they did in the movie. Yeah. So, and I'm I'm I play the my character's name was Designated Dave. <laughs> okay. I, I drove. My character was so obsessed with being popular and and obsessed with the popular guys that I would they would get drunk and, and they like would the know bitch. that they could uh, page me on my beeper. Right. And I would come and pick them up from parties and take them back to their houses just so I could be in their presence for a moment. Anyway, I end up with a prom queen. In the movie. Oh, so take that. So. What's up, Adrian? I know. What's up? What's up? So uh, you did Snow Day, and that's when you were like, all right, I'm a lead. And mm -hmm. I'm going to be a lead forever. Were you a lead forever? No. <laughs> <laughs> I was not. I was not a lead forever. But, you, but in your mind, you're 18 years old. You're like, oh. this is it. I'm going to be fucking Harrison Ford now. This is it. You know what's so funny? I had this like... I totally like. I tried on trying to be a movie star. Mm -hmm. Like in my mind, I was like, I'm a, I'm a fucking movie star. I gotta lean now. against the car. Yeah, I, I went. Gotta, right. The, listen to this. I there, there's a, there's a sequence in the movie where I uh, slip and fall into the pool and sink to the bottom of the pool and find this girl's whale bracelet. What? Um, yeah. She's like a poacher. What, what did she, you say? Whale? Yeah, it's, a, it's a it's a bra <laughs> it's a bracelet with a little whale charm Got it. on it. Yeah, she's obviously not a poacher. Uh, Emmanuel Shrieky's. Okay. Uh, bracelet and so uh we had to shoot in this this uh pool all day and doing underwater stuff right and uh i am very sensitive to chlorine 
I was, I mean, I was 18 years. I can't even believe I did this. So but you had I, to act like you're not because you had to be badass because Emmanuel Shariki is like super attractive. No, well, no, this is okay. what happened. This is where I, so I asked them, I'm, I, they told me it was a saltwater pool. It's like the ocean, kid. Get in there. And it was chlorine, and I, my eyes were burning, and I got really angry and upset. And I went back to my trailer. You had a trailer? Was it I, your own trailer? Or like, it was like, it was like a double bag. Okay. Um, I haven't, I haven't had a bigger one since. Um, <laughs> And I and I kicked a hole. In you the acted wall. like a you acted like, like a dick, like a little dick. And the fuck and the guy who's like head of transpo came like, and like saw it. And Some was eighteen like, year old kid just kicked the like. What this guy. happened? I was like, and I like I was like doing this. I was like trying to be the guy, that guy. I'm not that guy. It didn't. I felt terrible. I saw him. He was like, "What happened?" I lied though. I said I tripped or something, but it's like a gape. It was clearly I didn't. Trip, Mark. But. Had you had you con- you should have just continued to be a dick. You would be the biggest thing on the planet right now. I know, right? You could, be, s- you could be in the fucking Avengers right now if you'd just been an asshole. Exactly. I mean, that's that's uh, that's unfortunately what you have to do in this world. When you, know? you watch the when you watch the Oscars, are you just like I should have burned the damn trailer down? <laughs> I should have burned the damn trailer down. That guy should have walked into me just like putting kerosene and urine all over that trailer and just lighting it on fire. I know, and I'd be walking on with a ton of statues. No, I, you know. It's funny. I mean, I am very, I am very grateful for the path that I've chosen. You know, like it was basically just like I'm not going to do anything that doesn't make me happy. Right. You know, it's like I chose to be an actor. I was fortunate enough to like get an agent and to start working in films. And it was like, you know, I, I, I'm not going to go do something that I feel shitty about. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go do. I'm not going to go be on a TV show because that's supposed to get me this more stuff. If it's a bad TV show. Right. Like I'm just gonna be unhappy. I should just go work. Or no, life is of, finite, and you're just sitting there like you can just sit there and, and do something that's hollow for it with it. Yeah, right. You've had a tough life too. Yeah. Like yeah. Can we can we talk about well, it? Oh, totally. I mean, it, first off, we got to talk about your movie End of Love because he's got a movie out right now. It's on VOD. Is it on DVD, Blu-ray yet? No, not yet. Not yet. He's got this movie. You, could, you guys can watch it on VOD right now. It's called End of Love. We've been promoting it on the site. Uh, I watched it. Let me tell you how I watch it. I, 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 teach, I teach film history. Oh, cool. And I set these kids up with a movie. Yeah. And then I watch it on my laptop in the back of the room. Like, they were watching, like, Double Indemnity. And they're sitting there. And I've seen Double Indemnity and lectured Double, Double Indemnity a million times. So I lectured Double Indemnity. And I'm like, man, I got to, like, Mark's coming out. I got to watch this movie. These kids are sitting there watching it. And I'm in the back. And all the students are in there. They're watching Double. And they love it. And, uh, I'm in the back watching End of Love. And it's Mark playing a single father trying to catch a break. And he's got this son who's amazing. He's just so adorable. And you guys shot the movie completely realistically and, and unobtrusively. And it just looks like you're observing this person named Mark who's got friends who are famous actor friends of yours. And you're just going through pain. Yeah. And it's tough because you're trying to raise a, a, a kid. And I'm not going to tell you the scene because I don't want to spoil it for you guys. And I, I want you guys to get this on VOD for sure. I start, like, crying <laughs> in the back of the classroom. <laughs> And keep in mind, I'm the teacher all the students like because it's like, oh, Jonathan, we got your class next quarter, next semester because you're you're like the funny guy. You know, your lectures are hilarious, blah, 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 blah. You know, my lectures are like a Geekscape episode. And I'm in the back just sitting there like watching the kids and I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, like, I'm trying to be quiet and I'm just like. Note, notice the Venetian blinds. It's a, it's a, it's a staple of film noir. <laughs> That's so awesome. Every, every now and then I have, I have to glance up and be like, all right, Billy Wilder, blah, blah, blah. I have to talk about the movie a little bit and be like, yeah. be like, look at the framing. Da, da, da. But I'm like, 
I'm trying not to freaking ball in the back. That's awesome. And you're a dick for putting me in that situation, Mark. You're very rude. Well, I'm 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 glad. Watch, I'm, watch it in the privacy of your homes, please. Yeah, I it you know I and that's so good to hear. And you know when I after the I, it messed me up. I immediately emailed your pre-R person. And was like, this just put me through through a ringer. Yeah, and I'm so grateful for that. I'm so happy about that because that's what I wanted to do. You know, I mm -hmm. wanted to make a movie that really emotionally resonated with people. And at the screenings at Sundance, it was it was pretty intense. You know, after yes. after a couple of screenings, I had people coming up to me who were just beyond moved. And it's, I mean, it's the greatest feeling in the world. It's like this is this is what I'm doing. What I'm doing. You know, I want to mm -hmm. make people. I want to make people feel something. And as opposed to that hollow experience we were talking about five yeah, minutes ago, exactly, just taking the paycheck and being like, "All right, totally. I got it." It right. doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't serve me. You know, it mm -hmm. doesn't. It doesn't interest me. It doesn't make me happy. It's also it's not very fun that way. Right. You know, it's, it's, there's no growth. No growth. There's no exploration. Yeah. You you gotta you gotta kind of go into the the hard parts. You gotta go into the 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 darker parts. Yeah. In order to. For me, if if I can be so bold, it it almost felt like you were exercising. Yeah. A period in your life that was difficult for you, or or were you saying thank you to the person who led you, who helped you through it? I mean, it was a bit of both. Right. You know, I, for me, what's been really great is, you know, becoming a director. It, it's a way for me. Right. The writing process for me yeah. is really therapeutic. It's really a way for me to explore themes and questions in my life, in life in general. Um, and you know it's it's always a, a pretty accurate reflection of like my headspace and how I viewed the world at that time. Mm -hmm. And you know it's it's a really incredibly rewarding process to go through when you make a film that way. I just watched the movie for the first time since Sundance about three weeks ago, and it was really incredible for me to 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 watch it. I mean, first of all, to see my child when he was two, he's four and a half now. He's like a little man. <laughs> Your kid's and amazing in the movie. Thank you. I was like, this is a child actor, right? Like, this kid is hitting, like, every beat. It, you were so manipulative first off, Mark. Like, the, <laughs> movie, the movie is so – like, like it, it's yeah. – but, but, but that, yeah. that really is a sign of craft right there. And it, it's so manipulative. And you're just yeah. cutting to this kid, and you're like, thanks for that, yeah. buddy. Like, you know, it really is a ringer movie. You That was your kid. Mm -hmm. And how much of this movie made you think about the experience of your early life with your mom? You guys were homeless. Yeah. Yeah. We like, were you guys were homeless. Homeless for two years. Yeah. I mean, straight up homeless. And you guys weren't homeless in, like, San Diego. You guys were homeless in Philly. Yeah. Yeah. Not not fun. Living in cars. Yeah. Living with friends. Yeah. Just in there's a scene in the movie, and you guys can see it in the trailer, where you're rooming with some guys who mm -hmm. are out there in Hollywood. And they finally say, you know what, like enough, we got to kick you out. And you're like, you're going to kick me and my kid out. Are scenes like that, you're watching that and you're just kind of basing it on the pain that you've had from oh, 15 years ago. And you're using it as like your, your compass to guide you through that. For sure. Yeah. I mean, this, the whole movie for me is, is drawn upon so much in my life, you know, my past, what I currently was going through at the time. And yeah, no, I mean, I... It, that was a really interesting sequence for me to shoot. You know, I remember being and sleeping outside with my mom and it was just what we had to do, you know. So kind of recreating this a, a version of that in this movie was it was the the most difficult sequence in the film to shoot, mm -hmm. really. Um also too just because, you know, um with Isaac, 
you know, it, it, it seems far worse than it is in the film. Sure. Um, but it still was, it was very emotionally taxing, that, that part, that sequence mm-hmm. in the movie. And <clears throat> also just at the same time, it's like, I don't know, life for me is just, I get so much good stuff out of it, all the hard stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like... That's what it's all about. Really. Why do you want to dodge it? Why? Why would you not want to go there? Yeah, you know. I know you got. There's so much. There's so much to grow. I think a wise man once said that you take the good and you take the bad. You mm-hmm. take them all, and there you have. That the, is the facts of life. Do you know that one, Johnny? Do, do, do you know that one? I don't know who wrote it, but it, but uh, I hear what is it. it. The facts of life. Yeah, it's the facts of life. I think that's what it is, and, and it's a wise man. Could have been. Could have been uh, Aristotle, Plato. Could that's have been incredible. One yeah. That is incredible. But 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 the truth is you're living a legitimate life and your art is reflecting that. Yeah. And I'm I'm yeah, I mean for me, I'm I'm obsessed. I've always been obsessed with like naturalism. Every sure. movie that I've approached making as an actor, it's like and I'm sure a lot of actors identify with this. It's like your first thing is like how can I make this sound real, right? Mm-hmm. You're reading these other words, something that someone else wrote and you're like how can I make this seem real? And, you know, I've had a little bit of an obsession with realism. And I really found my voice as a, a filmmaker in, in this film in terms of how I want to continue to make movies. Um, and it actually really kind of fucked me up. You know, I went and did, I went and did you know, other traditional movies. I you, did. you made Scott Pilgrim, which the nerds like. But, but we, as you're talking about realism, I'm like... How do you find that on a green screen set where there's video it's, game characters bouncing around? Edgar Wright is an amazing genius. Yeah. How, it, do, how do you ha- get your cast, work with them, collaborate to get into that headspace? It's where it's tough. like, okay, all this stuff you can't see right now, and you're gonna this cartoon that you're going to be a part of. I know. Make it real. I know. And it's tough. <laughs> and the good thing is, though, about that, it's also just knowing what you're in, right? Sure, it's like sure. for that, it was – I knew. I was Don't like – Don't be talking down to our Scott Pilgrim, right? Is that what you're <laughs> no, doing? No, is that what you're doing? No. Geeks, I, the phone lines are open. Stack him. No. I <laughs> love Scott Pilgrim. I just – going into it, it was like I know we're, we're making a big movie yeah. here. And that was great. And it's – you know, and, and what's been great for me is that I always have that outlet as an actor. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I love just being an actor because I get to go and just – serve the story in a very specific way that the director sees, you know, and, and being really clear about what type of film we're making and 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 how we're going to make it and just, just doing that one thing. Whereas for me, directing and filmmaking, at least right now at this point in my life, I'm, I'm really into the uh, just blurring the lines between fiction and reality. And it's basically just because it's a lot of fun to make a movie like this. Yes. It's really cool to do – staging becomes so different. Like blocking becomes so different because basically what I did in the movie and what I want to do with my next film I'm about to make is that you're you're using real life situations and events. Your name is Mark. Your kid's name is Isaac. You're hanging out with your friends, right? Yeah, and you're plugging in these fictitious characters. Or scenarios. In scenarios. Right. And you're, you're just kind of, you're like melding real life it's just cool. It's just cool, mm-hmm. you know, marrying of these two things that normally don't go together. Because you put your friends in it, you put Michael Sarah in it, mm-hmm. you put, uh, you know, uh, uh, Amanda Siegfried in it, and all these yeah. people that you you've known for the, for the years. Um, and I, I got to tell you, even though the movie is marketed as having like Michael Sarah and, and you know Amanda Siegfried in it, Shannon Sossaman hasn't been better. <sighs> and I love Shannon Sossaman. You guys know Shannon Sossaman in this movie. She basically plays 
a very forgiving, like a like an angel. Is yeah. she really like like that, or is she just rude as heck? No, she really is. <laughs> she is. She's uh, she's kind of unbelievable. I, you know, and, and she comes off unbelievable in this movie. You're just sitting there. I, I mean, yeah. I don't want to ruin some of the moments you have with her in the movies because mm -hmm. there's some scenes where you're just like, don't do that, Mark. Don't do it. And then, and I don't want to spoil these moments. And you don't play them loud. Mm -hmm. You play them honest, and it's and and she does a great job of meeting that sincerity halfway. Yeah, she's incredible. Right. I mean, and it was, you know, in we shot. I convinced her to let us shoot in her home. Uh -huh. So at that point, that was where she was living at so the I time. So I can find that place. You can find that place. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Geeks, watch this movie, and like, and, if you recognize it, you know, on Google Maps, <laughs> look for it. Look for it. Shannon's not there anymore, but you can. You can they might have a forwarding address. Right. You could go. Yeah, you could get some old mail. <laughs> just stop. They're right. gonna do it. Like right. the Geekscape is. You never understand. Like they they might do it. There's a kid, there's kids with Geekscape tattoos. Like, That's amazing. Like yeah, but like you don't want to give. Them okay. All right. Thoughts. Yeah. Never. Yeah. Never mind. Don't do it. She died. Never mind. Yeah. She's no longer with us. Don't, yeah. Don't. She's not around. And she's got a big boyfriend. She, she's she's got a big boyfriend. Yeah. Huge. Of, of possibly ethnic origins. Yeah. Huge. Who rolls with a crew? Mm -hmm. Um. So tell me again, you shot you shot in her house. Shot right, in her before house before I got stupid. No, she, you know we we. It was just you know once once someone's in their own personal environment, I mean half of acting too is just like you go into a set and you're like, you know you like try to just put something of your own like in a corner right. so you feel like it's your own. This is my true behavior, right? Yeah. Like I really live here, <laughs> um, and so just being in her home, it just was like really incredible. Um, and yeah, I've been reading some really great reviews and her really being recognized, uh, and it makes me feel so great. It's so good. She it couldn't. She's so she's such a great person, and she really is so great in the film. And it's just really nice seeing her being recognized for that. I mean, and someone talk about someone you want to like improv and go toe to toe with in that way. Like she's phenomenal. Really. How much of the movie was scripted as opposed to improv? It was all improv. Okay. The entire film was improv, but very structured improv. So there was – I started writing a script, and then Isaac started talking. So I was like, well, <laughs> fuck this. And if he's going to be in the movie, and right. he's going to be talking. I mean there, there's a, a scene early on where you're auditioning for a, a job, like a gig, and you're trying to read the lines in front of a casting director and a famous actress, and Isaac's in the room because where else are you going to put him? You yeah. can't afford a babysitter in the yeah. movie. Like, uh, And he's sitting there interrupting the audition, and – it's so sad afterwards, like when you go, Hey, there was another scene. Can we do the other scene? And you're like, No, I think we got what I, okay. Yeah. And I'm sitting there watching, I'm like, You asshole, you've, yeah. done, you've done that to actors. Yeah. Where like they've come in and they've just not been right from uh -huh. the very first, <laughs> uh, like the first scene. And then, like, you know, because you try and do maybe there's a dramatic scene and a comedic scene or a dialogue scene and a different scene. And it's like, if they stink at the first one, you're like, mm -hmm. Yeah, no, you know. You, you know. should have in that scene come back with a rap. I should have. It I mean, I the first time, it. you would, you know, all those financial problems in the film would have just gone away. Boom. Come back and be like, you know what? I've got a rap. Yeah. And then kick it to the little man in the back. You know what's funny? Isaac almost had to come here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so the whole, I, the whole movie, Johnny, he's like a single dad trying to go to auditions <clears> and like, like the wife isn't, the wife's died and you know that early on because they go to the grave of the wife and in the, the movie End of Love, I mean, the, what I love about the title is it has a couple meanings of it and you don't really get the most important meaning until the very end and and th there's an early scene at the gravesite where you know that the, the mom is dead and he doesn't know how to tell the son. It's just a park. It's not a cemetery. 
because he has to bring this kid everywhere. Yeah. You know, and he's yeah. like, and there's scenes where like this guy like is just buckling because he has to bring this kid everywhere. Yeah. It would have been okay to, you could have put him, there's a third mic right over there. No, I there's know. Two, two mics. Two right. mics. He could have brought like, like a play date. Or he would have played games on my phone. That's, That's what he, fine. he gets on special occasions. It's, I'm not, I'm, I love the kid. That's fine. Yeah. Next time. Next time. I mean, the funny thing is, I would still be the most immature person in the room. Yeah. Let's be honest. You know, yeah. with, with Geekscape, I would still be the most immature person in the room. I'm excited about the next movie, man. Like, honestly, End of Love, guys. It's on VOD right now. Um, and when does it come out on, like, DVD Blu-ray? I'm not sure the DVD Blu-ray, but it's in theaters tomorrow. What? Yeah, so it's in here in New York. I mean, in, in, in L.A. and then New York. Right. And then we're doing Chicago, Seattle. Phoenix, Denver. So, so the platform release starts tomorrow. Starts tomorrow. So you guys who are watching this live or have downloaded this Friday morning, the movie's playing this weekend. Yeah. L.A. New York. That's LA, awesome. York. Yeah, yeah. It's really awesome. It's great. I mean, I'm I'm really excited to go, and I'm doing a and a tomorrow at the Sundance Theater here mm -hmm. on Sunset, and it'll be cool to see it on the big screen again, right. you know? I'm, I'm really... It's amazing. I like I, li like sitting in the back of the theater and just listening. Yeah. And being like, okay, they got that. They didn't get that. Or seeing them move. I know. It's or, the best. Or, you know. Uh, that is, I mean, the manipulation of film is like a drug on like, you know, I'm, I've been straight edge. I've been straight edge my entire life. And what I say to my students is I've never done drugs or been drunk or anything. But when I sit, when, the first time in college I made that film, like I made a short film and I sat in the, in the theater and I listened to people do like react to it. Yeah. Maybe it was like power. I don't know what it was. Maybe I'm twisted like that. But I was like, that is the greatest addiction I've ever felt. It's inc you know? it's incredible. And writing and production can be, can be intensely par like like terrible at times and yeah. lonely at times yeah. and like confusing at times and you don't know your direction. But sitting in that theater and letting it all fall out, letting the chips just land, yeah, is incredible. I know it's exhilarating. Like it's literally. You I love it more than acting. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> or is it's, it a different itch? It's different itch. Right. You know, it's cool. I, I go and I make films as an actor, and I'm like, oh man, I really need to. I want to make another movie. You ever sit there on set and be like, man, that guy's fucking. Uh... Yeah, all the time. You're like, <laughs> you, I mean, you're like, okay, well, like, oh uh, yeah. He says I, he got it, but he didn't get it. You know, it's really interesting. It's cool though. You know, I the, I did I did two studio films this last year, and I this last movie I did. It was it's cool now being known as a filmmaker. Mm -hmm. And actually, people liking the films that I've made as a filmmaker, and it's it's nice. There's so the the last movie that I made, you know, the director is really amazing, and also was really open to kind of my two cents, you sure. know, in a way. And I know how to do it in the right way. It's not like an, a lead actor being like, "Well, dude, it should be like the, you know, arguing." It's like, yeah, it's nice knowing all facets of how a movie's made. You know, it makes it made me a better actor. It did. You know, before I used to just think it really is all just about the actor. You know, you kind of don't take into consideration the immense group effort it is. Then you, you kick know. in a trailer. And I was <laughs> a fucking trailer. And now you, you're Little like, okay, bitch. well, I know. And you can identify as a director. You can identify the people who are there to like tell the story, and the people who are there are like just being like, oh, how long till lunch? I know. What's going on? I know, <laughs> but you can you can see that. Yeah, you know, as a, you're trying to be sensitive to those people too. Totally, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, I mean that's that's your job really is going around and it's being really aware and in tune with like how people are feeling and we're on the and, same team. You know, yeah, and, and harnessing that energy and making things all right. You know, it's like a lot of problem solving so half it, the time. It took filmmaking to get over your your mental star power. Is that what you're telling me? It did. <laughs> <laughs> and it was only meant. It was only mental. <laughs> um, it was like, yeah, Johnny, let's take a spot break. 
We're going to be back with Mark here in a bit, and we're going to keep talking about other things. We'll take a couple phone calls, so be ready by the phones to uh, to dial us up here at Toad Hop Studios, 323-622-8623. Here's our spot break. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Toad Hop Network, radio worth watching. To leave your house to shop, to crawl through traffic to the mall, just to find the thing you wanted, isn't even there at all. Amazon.com is the answer. Shop at home and style and ease. Find exactly what you want. Ordering your stuff's free. Books on tape, games galore, everything you're looking for. Kindle, cameras, electronics, baby Einstein, hooked on phonics, Blu-ray, movies, and TV, download, music, MP3, Pixar, Disney, microphones, pet supplies, and doggy bones, World of Warcraft, Nancy Drew, Sims, the Scruff System too. Click Amazon. You'll smile with glee. Sometimes shipping is even free. What's up, Toadheads? Hey, make sure you check out the Toad Hop store on toadhopnetwork.com. It's a great way to support the network and helps continue to bring you quality programming. Quality programming, my ass. Can you see I'm recording, you Oh! Hey, Toad Hop listeners, the sports guru. And the butt knocker. From the Sportscast, Wednesdays, 4 to 6, Pacific Standard Time. You got to check us out, man. We do sports like nobody else. Cover NHL, NBA, NCAA, NFL. We cover all sports. We got you got not the fuck out. Bonehead of the week. Check us out on Toad Hop Network, 4 to 6 on Wednesdays. And if you miss it, go back and watch it live. ToadHopNetwork.com or download the audio from iTunes. While you're there, leave a comment and rate the show. Hey, guys, we need it. We're the nickel and dime show of the network. Check us out. A lot of fun. Is that hunk of junk you call a car always breaking down and leaving you in the dust? Log on to Dyson-Motors.com and check out Dyson's full inventory online. With hundreds of quality cars in stock of all makes and models, you can find the next car of your dreams in minutes. And know you're getting super low pricing. Purchase a car today from Dyson Motors and receive a year of free oil changes. Bad credit? Worried about financing? Log on and get pre-approved in seconds. Go to Dyson-Motors.com and find your new car today. With Gamefly, choose from over 6,000 titles. Play as long as you want and send them back when you're done. $8.95 to start, no late fees. Gamefly.com. Games delivered. You're listening to the Toad Hop Network. Radio worth watching. All right. Welcome back to Geekscape. You like my little growl? We're back on Geekscape from the Toad Hop Network studios. I got to tell you, Geekscape, I love you, but next week, there's no show. Johnny's going to be, hey, Johnny, what happens when, on a show that, that, that I'm not here for? Do you just play like an old one or something? Yeah, I'm just not on. You can't, you, you, I mean, hey, I saw Sean Astin's show. Remember that one time uh, Sean Astin had a show and you were just playing one of his old shows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we don't do that. Yeah, so Sean Astin does a show here on, like, Tuesdays, and uh, I didn't notice that, like, it had a little thing in the corner that said previously recorded. And Sean, like, opened up the phone lines, and I was fucking sitting there, like, trying to call Sean. And Sean, Sean does, like, a po- political show, uh-huh. and I just wanted to call him and be like, yo, why didn't you in The Hobbit, dog? Like, I just wanted to, like, I just wanted to talk Lord of the Rings. Yeah. yeah. And thank God it was an old show. And, and I told Johnny, I was like, hey, man, I called Sean. He opened up the phone lines. Not that many people were calling in, and he just rang, and he goes... You idiot. That's like a previously recorded show. It says in the corner. You can't throw me a previously recorded show or something. Like, what do you want to do? Because here's the thing, Geekscape. It's going to be at South by Southwest. If you're watching right now, hit the subscribe button on iTunes because we're going to be doing interviews and coverage at South by Southwest. And because it's not in the studio, you can't watch it live, but you can download it from our feed. So subscribe to our iTunes feed and you'll get all those interviews and coverage. We're going to watch Evil Dead and all that stuff. I'm excited about South by. 
There's a lot of shows that like prefer that that would like to do that when they're not around, but it takes a lot of time to render the whole video in. Oh yeah, don't do that. And then uh, it's just tweet out to the audience saying, "Hey, go back and check up, uh, check out past episodes." So catch up on episodes. You know what, Johnny? Yeah, I got your back, Johnny. So don't do that. Like, if you want to watch an old episode, they're all archived on the site. Or, de- or, again, like, subscribe to iTunes and just download them. There's no need to rewatch a show that you can just. Johnny, listen, I want you to come. I want you, I, want you, I want you in here. I want you to press a button. And then I want you to sit here for an hour. All right? For an hour. I want you to sit here, find the worst episode. And I want you to play that. And you know what? If some kid is like me and doesn't know it's live, uh, it's previously recorded, and he tries calling in. You're fucking talking to him. I still have tape. I, I, I shot that. I, I, I host a show for. I just found out I still have tape, a microphone tape on my chest. I host a show for Meta Cafe, and and they mic'd me up, and I was like, "What is that? Am I fucking getting cancer? What the fuck?" And it was just tape for yeah. my microphone. Uh, let me tell you guys something real quick, and then we will open up the phones. I promise you. Um, our buddies at Fanboy Comics, uh, they have this event going on next Saturday. I can't go to it, uh, but in Santa Monica, March 9th at 9:30 p.m. at Magicopolis in Santa Monica. This uh, from Geek to Chic, they're doing this Geeks Girl. Basically, it's a burlesque show. But before the geek burlesque show, and everybody, all the burlesque dancers are dressed like geek people. So you get people like, they're dressed like Scooby-Doo characters and stuff. Hopefully not the damn dog. But you get you get people dressed like geek characters. And there's a burlesque show that's going to start at 1030. But at 930, if you get there early, it's a Magicopolis in Santa Monica. It's like 15 bucks. If you get there early, uh, there's going to be like... Uh, a bunch of stylish stuff like there are gonna be girls who are like it's like it's gonna be like an in-person Etsy sale you know so you can actually see all these different people who make stuff you can uh, you can buy all this different geekish crap like like craft stuff I was not gonna say crap I was gonna say craft um, and there's also gonna be tons of comics so you can get indie publishers like fanboy comics JBSK comics and we comics uh, they're friends of ours so if you have nothing to do Saturday night the ninth go to Santa Monica if you're here in LA Watch the burlesque show and buy some indie comics and some some cool Etsy style craft stuff. All right, so I said that. Happy, cool. I love you guys, fanboy comics, and I do wish that I was in town. I would go, but I will be in Texas watching some movies. All right, so let's open up the phone lines. I think I know who's calling here, and uh, there is a delay, so you're going to want to turn down your radio. My beautiful wife, Laura. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm good, sweetie. I know. Uh, the option was that next week, Laura was going to host the show <laughs> in my absence. And I was You're just like... You're such a hater. You don't want me to be successful, so you don't want me to take over your show because you know they love me. <laughs> and you know what? I'm going to go to the fanboy comic thing at Magicopolis. You're going to go to the burlesque show? You might... Per- you can probably- you. Okay, so guys, uh, go to the burlesque show. My wife will be there, and if she really hates me, she'll probably be performing. Um... <laughs> Sweetie, you understand why, like, you understand, right? Like, okay, I, we'll talk about it later, but the the, the, the fact is, here, here's what happened, Mark. I had Laura on the Valentine's Day special two weeks ago, and the audience liked her more than they liked me. I was getting nothing but tweets the next day about how she's too good for me, how my wife is too hot for this, and how she's just torching me the entire show, and... I know what is going to happen if I let you host next week. It's going to be nothing but like, oh, here's Jonathan's dirty geek laundry for the world. Like the stuff that I'm like, ah, I probably shouldn't say that on the air. You're going to say it. Oh, like you have a filter issue. Are you kidding? <laughs> yeah. Sure. Let's give you an, uh, an open airwaves. I love you, sweetie. 
love you too. We're, we're gonna you we'll, we'll coach you into co-host in the in the hosting, please. I mean, Whatever. the Valentine's I, show went whatever. so well. We'll we'll get you in here, and then you and Mark can be talking. Bye. I love okay. you. What's for dinner? Bye. Bye. Love you. <laughs> see that you See what you do. Now I'm gonna hear it when I get home. That's amazing. All right, let's say, let's take another one. All right. Um, 484, you are on with Geekscape and, uh, and and Mark Weber here, who sometimes gets confused as Mark Webb. He did not direct 500 Days of Summer. Uh, wait, say that again? Who is this? This is Matt Kelly. Matt Kelly from Philly. You're on the uh, air with Mark Weber. Yeah, uh, so this is Dave. Uh, how can you sit on a show with Jonathan and talk about Drive Me Crazy and not even mention that the Donnas were in that movie as well? Oh, the Donnas were in that? Yeah, they were. <laughs> they totally were. They played the end you song. Music video. Dude, I, ne- dude I-, I-, I never saw Drive Me Crazy, but if you, if, you were he- if you came to the show early, you saw that I played two Mr. T Experience uh, songs before the show. <laughs> I actually saw the Donnas and the Mr. T Experience at the at the uh, the Trocadero in oh, Philly, wow. and Mr. T Experience opened. They should have headlined because they they got the they got two encores before the Donnas went up. I had a, a I had a crush on Kelly R forever, oh. and then when I met the Donnas, I was like, mm, I'll stick with what I got. Yeah, <laughs> stick with what I got. Here's yeah. a little fun fact too. Okay. The movie was initially it was initially called Next to You. Uh huh. And then it was retitled "Drive Me Crazy" for the Britney Spears single. Was the single even in the movie? <laughs> you drive me crazy. Yeah. It was in the single. Yeah, and there was a video made for it. That's crazy. Yeah. Now, uh, Matt Kelly, you are a major Snow Day fan. Is that true? A major. Uh, oh, I love Snow Day, and I actually have a question for Mark. I'm not sure if he'll be able to answer it or not. Okay. Is it true that Snow Day was originally supposed to be a Pete and Pete movie first? You know, in a way, yeah. It was the same writers. As Pete and Pete? Pete yeah. and Pete's awesome. It was the same writers, and I think it may I think it may have been. But when I got it, I, there was talk of that. Right. And I knew it was the same writers. I think maybe initially it was conceived as, as being a Pete and Pete movie. And so when you got it, you were like, fuck Pete and Pete. I hate I'm Pete like, and Pete. You are like, I'm going to find Pete and Pete, and I'm going like, to like throw acid on their I face. Like, fuck these <laughs> dudes. This movie's fucking mine. <laughs> Um. Yeah. No. Yeah. I think so. I might. I might be wrong, but I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. That's crazy, man. Matt, where do you pull that trivia? Well, now that I'm unemployed, I just spend all my time on IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, uh, Matt lost his job today. I got. I got like. A, I got like an instant message. It's like, so I lost my job today, and I'm going to help my friend with like his graphics promotion company freelance. And I was like, okay. All right. Sorry, Matt. You you can still read Matt's articles on the site. Matt's one of our writers, and and he wrote an article this week because it was the tenth year anniversary of Mister Rogers' death. Really? Yeah, like like isn't that right, Matt? Like you wrote this article that's been like ten years since since we said goodbye to Mister Rogers. He died died ten years ago yesterday. Wow! How did he pass? Uh, Stomach cancer. Stomach cancer. That's got to be brutal. That's rough. Okay. All right. Right. Yeah, let's bring it on the show. Yeah. We have Guy calling next. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had a caller two weeks ago just talking about his divorce. <laughs> and we were like, all right, welcome to Slit Your Wrist, Cape. Everybody loves the X-Men. Now let's die. Whoa. <laughs> uh, Matt, thanks for calling, buddy. Thanks, Matt. No problem. Later. Are, are you into comics? Are you into like, the, like any of this geek stuff? Like, Do you play video games? What do you do? I did. You know, I did the time play- sync of video games? I, I did play video games. I don't anymore. 
I, you know, that's not true. Occasionally, I'll play some Madden. Okay. Yeah, I know. I don't in comics. Now, what is it? Was it the kid or what? It was the kid. Honestly, yep. like before that, you you would play video games and then, or read comic or whatever you did, and then the kid I, comes I would, in. I would play more video games. Okay. And then, yeah, and they, no, when Isaac was born, yeah, I pretty much the video games. Yeah, there's not really any time for it. Right. Right. The kid Except, is your, the kid is your video game. It's like a, it's like a it's like a, it's like having a um a, like a Pokemon or like a Tamagotchi. Like you got to raise it. Oh uh, yeah. Know what I mean, like you got to raise the kid. that kid's the game. Oh, he is the and game. That game is life. Yeah. No, he constantly you got you constantly got to. Yeah, he, or he'll die. <laughs> like, time to feed the Tamagotchi. Like, Remember those Tamagotchi yeah. things, those little eggs yeah. like on the cell phones? Like, uh-huh. You got a real one. I got a real one. Yeah, no, it's like you don't lose the game. Like, <laughs> a child dies. So, yeah. I, he play, I, does he play games on the cell phone? He does. You know, we're very... Um, we're very con- we limit his exposure to television and media, is what we call it. So he... It's a very... And it's funny. When you limit it, right. it becomes... It's a limit on you too. Yeah, it's a limit on me too, and it also becomes like that much more exciting for him, right? You know, I, but it's better than letting him just sit down in front of the TV and right. watch and or play whatever he wants. But when he gets this phone, mm-hmm. it's like it's crack. It's what, literally, is he, what does he do on it? Is he, he like he's got he plays um, Angry Birds, right? Angry Star Wars, Star Angry Birds, Star Wars, uh, and then there's like little you can make like little candies and little cupcakes. You know, you can make a, you can make it. How do you, you even find that stuff? It's, it's for, I, it's <laughs> like being like, a dad puts you like in a different mindset where you're just like, oh, I think I'll, you know, no, no. you look for that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm like, I make cupcakes with them on my phone. Do you ever get to a point where like there's some memory running out and you're like, okay, I either delete one of mine or I delete one of his. Yeah. No, I delete mine. <laughs> I'm going to delete what I need like, on my phone. I just, yeah. This is Isaac's phone now. So I just don't want to know how to use it. Yeah. That's crazy. Now, what what age would you give? Because I, I know nothing about parenting. In fact, my own selfishness and my need to be caught, be uh, addicted to all that pop culture stuff yeah. is almost become part of the reason to not have kids. Right. Like, I'm like, you know what? I have a lot of comic books. That, <laughs> yeah. That, that kid would, like, just tear through it. And yeah. Like, like, I would kiss. The PS3 goodbye. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at it and I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe we don't have it. Maybe we're too selfish for that stuff. Um, at what age do I mean you was was at what age do you just say, okay, well he can get a cell phone of his own because I don't I, I see these kids and I they're know. like six years old and they have these cell phones. I'm like, who the hell are you gonna call, Barney? I know. I don't. Yeah, no. It's like it freaks you out, right? It does. Freak or you see a kid at like Starbucks and they're eating one of those giant Starbucks, and you're like, no, that's fucked up. <laughs> that's straight <laughs> fucked up. Like you're you're fucked. You know you're, talking, like, I know. These I've kids seen are, like, them mainlining shit into their body. I know. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, if I have one of those, I'm literally, I'm like, yes, I'm fu- I'm ready to jump out of the window. I know. Yeah, no, that's terrible. And there's a kid like I'm sitting there and I'm stopping at a stop light and I'm watching this kid cross in front of me and she's drinking one of those things with like the he's got the the foam on top and it's huge. Yeah. It, it's never the small size and it's huge and she's like walking with her, like her face in it. Yeah. And I'm like Jesus Christ, this is crazy. No, it's terrible. It's a science fiction movie. It's uh, terrible. <laughs> it's awful. That, that's bad parenting. So it's- not yeah. So do you, do you ever does Isaac ever ask for something like when do I get a phone on my own? like does he talk yet? I, he don't know. Not, I know nothing about kids. Yeah, no, he doesn't ask for he doesn't ask for a phone of his own. Right. Yet, 
I mean, that's coming. That's more. It's like once they go into. I mean, he's he starts kindergarten next year. Okay. He's already in a little school, but it's very it's um it's very sheltered in its own way, and it's it's a cool it's a really cool like, school. A, like a hippie school. It's what a hippie is it? school. Is it a hippie? It's a total hippie. School. It's like a hippie school. Like, yeah, it's like called home, sc- homeschool garden. Shit, like the teacher wants to breastfeed your kids. <laughs> and, like, <she's>, yeah, <laughs> no, the teacher breastfeeds no, my son. That place um, scares me. And, yeah, it's it's very hippie. Okay. Uh, and but yeah, once he goes to a school where there's you know where it's not as hippie commune. You worry that like uh, the, that like the no. Then he's gonna yeah he's gonna be like where's my cell phone? Where's my iPad? You know. And you hear kids and and I was who's I don't even I'm not even gonna say their name, but I was talking to somebody who's like yeah I, you know so I got my kids Call of Duty and the kids are like eight. I know. They're like die by the fight like they're eight years old. You know here's okay Call of Duty fucks me up and I'm 34 years old. Then again anything usually fucks me up. Yeah. No, that, whew. yeah, no, those intense, violent video games. Like, I don't play them. At that, at, at that age, that's like, that's crazy. That's not a little saying, crazy. I'm not saying video games create violence. Like, obviously, no. they don't. Like, bad parents create violence. Exactly. But, boy, those things are, whew, they're a doozy, though. So you're worried he's going to become, like, a... Well, you know, Kardashian. I mean, uh, no, that ain't. That's definitely not happening. I will shut that shit down. But he does the one thing he does, and I spoil him with this too. He's a, he has an obsession with Legos, and uh, for Christmas, Santa, me, which was fucked up too, because I but wanted. You got a beard. And it's cool. I, I, he got, I got he got the Death Star. You know, so, the Death Star is a weapon, son. It's well, it's the, the it's made to destroy planets and eradicate entire civilizations. I know he wanted the Death Star. It's four thousand dangerous. It's four thousand pieces. All right. How expensive is that damn it's like thing? A fucking grand. <laughs> and, I, and he doesn't even know. He like I it, I was I was it was such a fucking weird experience because it was like he thinks Santa got him this shit and it's like. Part of on Christmas morning, it was like he was so happy, Santa, and I wanted. It's like I wanted to let him know. I'm like, it. he can fit in the desk. I know. I'm like, it's huge. This cost me a thousand dollars. Like, I make independent films. Like, this is a lot it. of money. So, so you felt like a need to play it, right? Well, you made it help. Like, all right. I well, yeah. I mean, because it's kind of badass at the same time. Oh, it is. I mean, <laughs> it's what we. It's what. I, it's what I will be doing tonight, right. and it's what I will be doing for a majority of the day tomorrow. It's two months after Christmas, and you're still we're building still the day. building that fucking thing, man. There's like we're only on the second level. It's right. insane. I mean, and also, you know, Isaac's four and a half. It's meant for fourteen and above. Right. It's meant for you. Yeah. yeah. It is. But it's it is fun. It is it is fun. But yeah, I prefer that he's into Legos then. No, Lego, Legos are creative. Yeah, like, they're good. I think I was into Legos, or at least eating them. Like, yeah. I, was, I, I mean, I remember, like, the only fist fight I ever got into when I was a kid was over Legos. Mm. You know, I was 18 years old. I was judged by 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 four eight year olds, right? And uh, and I just I I I knocked the first one out and then used them as a weapon against the other three. That's amazing. Grab by the legs and just do like a like a swinging assault. Yeah, their their parents like fucked me up, so I dropped them and ran. Good. But I got the Legos. Good little fuckers. I was attacking them. I was like, Legos look tight. Yeah, they shouldn't. They shouldn't (laughs) have been judging you. So he is he into Star Wars? Are you into the Star Wars or any of that? Well, you know what's funny? As an actor, you want to be in these new movies. uh, You can play like. Come on, you want to be in those movies? Yeah, I do. I Just do. Say it. I, I do. Know, I you know what? Talk, like, I earlier f- today, you were talking about like, oh, let's, uh, you know, it's all about the work, it's all about honesty and realism. But no, you want to be. In a I want to be. Yeah. I'll be in a fucking Star Wars movie. Come on, of course. I mean, also too, because that would blow Isaac's mind. Right. Literally, his head would explode. He is obsessed with Star Wars. He is, and he hasn't even seen the movies. Well, so. you only have to show him three. 
It's uh, yeah. You're gonna defend him against the pre like you're gonna protect him against the prequels. Yeah. He's gonna yeah. He's only seen he's only seen the OG Star Wars. <laughs> he's not yeah. And not the yeah. one where they like put Hayden Christensen at the end or like no. they put a fake Java in. Or he's gonna get the legit ones. He's getting the legit ones. And the only little bits of Star Wars that he's seen, he's seen little YouTube clips and it's a bit spendy. But it's blown his mind. Literally. Know what he's looking at? Yeah. He's really into the Force. And it's cool, though, because the force for him now, it's like belief in yourself, believing in yourself. If you believe in something enough, like that's the force. Wasn't that what it was for like all of us, though? You yeah, know what I mean? totally. Like that's what it was. It was. And so you watch this and you're like, okay, you're creating this kid's positive outlook on the world and yeah. yourself. Yeah. What like, about the X-Mans or anything like that? Yeah, no, none of that yet. Okay. I mean, that's coming. That's like probably about two years away. Um but no, Star, it's Star Wars right now. And it, actually, I was thinking after his fifth birthday, we're going to sit down. We're going to watch the, the first one. That's He's going to see it. Yeah. It'll, he'll, he'll, yeah. It'll, he'll be so happy about I that. Rem- I mean, that's what we were doing. I, I remember uh, distinctly being in the theater for Empire Strikes Back, and I was younger than I had to have been younger than Isaac. And the only thing I remember is the color red when Han is put in a carbon freeze. Like, that's the only thing I remember yeah. is that whole scene is red. And then my dad took us to Jedi. Yeah. And it was me and my three brothers, and I saw Stormtroopers and Boba Fett, and I put the popcorn on my head, like the popcorn <laughs> bucket on my head, and yeah. I was like, this is my helmet. Yeah. And afterwards, my dad took us to Toys R Us, and I was like, you guys each get a, a toy. Yeah. And because of the choking hazard on Bubba Fett, like the the missile didn't shoot out. There was, oh, really? there was a model where it shot out, but then yeah. it became a choking hazard. So that's like the limited edition. Really? So now the the little missile on his back, yeah, you couldn't eject it. Yeah. And I remember my older brother trying to pull the damn thing out with his teeth. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> that's but, amazing. But Star Wars for us is the positivity. It's cool yeah. that they're making new movies. Like you can be a hater all you want, and I, you know, I was in. A, I helped put together People vs. George Lucas, and I'm in that movie, but. The hate has to stop when you see someone like Isaac and you're like, you know what? I'm not going to be a hater to the point of taking this experience away from a kid. Yeah. Because the positive effects of it. Yeah. No. And they, they're they're tremendous. It is an actual real positive thing. Except when he starts running around pretending he has a lightsaber and is like He's wanting to this fucking kill everybody. Yeah. Right. But other than that, it's good. It's In- really good. Do you uh, now? Now, of course, obviously, we like the Marvel movies and all these yeah. movies. You ever see that and be like, "No, I could be an Avenger." Yeah, totally. See, I, I mean, do you see that Johnny? Like, he was so artsy. Far, like he he was like, "Yeah, you, you know, know I just want to be a credible filmmaker." I w-. You know, the second some dude shows up and is like, "I want you to make a Ghost Rider movie or Ghost Rider meets Punisher," you know, like like Mark will be like, "All right, where is I?" I would do. I yeah. You talk about directing it, directing it, but yeah. you also got to like show your face. Yeah, I, I would. Be like you wouldn't be a bad Matt Murdock. I totally would. We're you making Daredevil too. It's funny though. I you know, I it's funny. It's an interesting thing. Like I know, you could play a Hobbit. It's a it's a crazy <laughs> thing. Once you do, you know, like I'm friends with Chris Evans, Captain okay. America. Um, oh, we know who he is here on Geekscape. Yeah, we, he's, he's Johnny Storm and then Captain America. We know who he is. You know, it's a gift and a curse. Right. It's definitely a gift and, a, and it's. I remember he was really uh, he was really conflicted about when, taking it. When yeah. Because he's like this. This will be me for the rest You're of my career. Signing yourself up for five movies at least. Yeah, at least I think it was more than that. But if he shows up like in Thor, does that count? 
You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, like if he and Thor like show up and like like drink together, yeah, like, does I, that count? Or they I, have a sh- maybe. Hopefully for his like, sake. Hey, let me hold the hammer. You hold my shield. And it's like it's like a two minute scene. Yeah. That's why, that's why I won't be writing those movies because I'd be like, what if there's a scene where they're like, hey man, like let's see which is heavier. Obviously, the Mjolnir's heavier. You can only lift it if you're. Oh, never mind. <laughs> right. Right. I would write the most boring right. comic right. movies. Like, what do these dudes just chill? Right. They right. Hang out. Yeah, I would love to see that that version. I know because we're you know we're talking about making these indie movies. I know and like how it's just like observing actors doing their thing. What if we make a movie and it's just like like Spider Man and he's just like hanging out and being like, hey, I'd love that. You know, yeah, that, w- that would speak to me. I think we could make those as shorts. We could. We totally could. <laughs> Call Chris. We'll be like, uh, hey, let's negotiate with Marvel and be like, hey, Marvel, will you get shave one off? I know of Chris's contract if we do like a day in the life. Yeah, it'll be it's just really meditative and just this tone. Poem. He's thinking about Bucky and yeah. stuff, and like like the woman, like the woman that you know, like <laughs> totally like, like waking up and he's like, yeah, you had a girl back in the World War Two, and yep. Tommy Lee Jones probably ended up with her, and yeah, be thinking about it. Does he regret the decision? He can't regret the decision. You know. Uh, no, I don't. I, I don't know. I mean, that shapes your life. Sometimes for the. I mean, what's the negative? Oh, there's there's some negative. Okay, let's let's take Chris out of the. Let's not. Speak yeah. For okay. Chris. Yeah. That's. Yeah. Let's not speak for Chris. We're not. I'm not speaking I am not Evans. speaking for Chris. I'm speaking in your for, world. In my world, what would be the what would be the negative of someone coming up and being like, "Hey, Mark, you're gonna Ooh, play this guy." Fame and that's the negative. Fame like that. Negative is the fame. The le- that level of fame and. Uh, it's kind. Of, it's, it's tough. Once it's you live on the street, you're always street. Is that what you're telling me? Pretty much. I feel like I can't go back to the old neighborhood. It's like, there's a whole ugly, dirty, right, shitty side. Yeah, your entire life is just like these people trying to get a piece yeah, of it. It's a little, yeah, you know, and and that can be, and also too, for me, it's like, I think you have to make, you know, you have to make a choice if you're about to sign up for a major franchise for that. It's like, well, you know, why? Why am I why am I an actor here? Right. You know, do I – because in a way, you know, and Chris is super fucking talented and, right. and can, you know, supersede this. But I think that people can start to just see you as Superman or as Captain America or – you know, it's, it's, a, it's a big hurdle to get over in right. a way, you know, if those if – if these movies become really massive. You know, if you're interested in continuing to make movies and – Make people think you are this character. Multiple characters. Yeah, it's like you gotta be, you know, it's gotta be careful. It's almost. Uh, I don't I like know. that. I like that movie where like Iron Man had a kid and he couldn't have a place to stay. <laughs> like, like, yeah, could you imagine coming out? We had Lucas Till who played like one of the X Men in, yeah. in here uh, on First Class, and I remember going to his like uh, like a party, and he was like, and he was up for this big role, and I don't know what happened to it, but he was like, yeah, but then if I do it, like, can I still make my little indie movies? And I was like. Take the money around. Yeah, like no, I know. You know what? Yeah, if you're, I think you can supersede it. I mean, just look at some of these guys. It's true. It look is at, true. It, you know what? It is true. It's true. You know, we don't see we don't see Nick uh, Sam. You know, we don't see Nick Fury when we see Sam Jackson in other roles. We just see Sam Jackson as Nick Fury. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Sometimes uh, you can be uh, bigger than the comic book character. Yeah, you, we're like that's yeah. Sam Jackson with an uh, eye patch. Yeah, I know. That yeah, that's crazy. an interesting phenomenon. I know. So let's get you a, a comic book movie. Hey, geeks, let, let's petition. Come on. You, know, yeah. you can play She-Hulk or something. Yeah, She-Hulk, right? <laughs> I was going to think, who the fuck could I play? <laughs> who could I play? So, guys, uh, the movie is called End of Love. Mark. Yes. Wrote it. Produced it. Is in it. It's semi-autobiographical. Mm-hmm. 
It's on VOD right now. It hits theaters in Los Angeles and New York tomorrow, and then it has a platform release, so you got to check the site for it. Where, what's the yeah. site to check for it? Endoflovemovie.com. Endoflovemovie.com. That's how you find out if it's playing near you. Uh, we got to have Mark back to keep talking about it. But um, thank you guys for watching. We're off next week, but we'll be back. Geekscape.net has all our news and all that. Befriend us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. And uh, for Johnny Ice, I'm Jonathan London, and we'll see you guys next time. You're listening to the Toad Hop Network, radio worth watching.